0: Prepare your heart to be moved by God through the preaching and teaching of his word as delivered at Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. Uh, Today we're in Matthew 21, verse one through 11. I want to get to some basics today because I believe some of the challenges that the church has, uh, some of the challenges that the church has is sometimes we lose the basics. And so today my point is to remind you of the basics and that you will start celebrating some of the basics of our faith. All right, Matthew 21 1 through uh, 21 through 11. I'll just read and preach and we'll do that. Verse 1 says, and when they drew nigh uh, Jesus and his disciples unto Jerusalem uh, were come to Bethpage unto the Mount of Olives they sent two disciples Say unto them go into the village over against you and straightway ye shall find an ass tied and a coat with her loose them and bring them unto me i first want you to notice that jesus is getting ready for his uh triumphant entry into jerusalem he's getting ready to pre- stir up his strength And present himself, again, not only as king, but as messiah. And so this whole passage of scripture we're going to read is so important to Jesus letting everyone know he's more than a carpenter's son and Mary's baby. For this assignment, he decides that he doesn't need everybody to go get this donkey and this colt that's tied. He says, in verse 1, he says, send two disciples, he sent two disciples to do the job. I want to remind you that sometime when there is big things to accomplish, we think we need a whole lot of people and a whole lot of things to accomplish big assignments, Jesus says for this assignment that's going to be grand it's going to be big I don't need a whole lot of folks to go handle this I just need two disciples two is the number of witness and it is the number of agreement many times God has given us a big dream a big idea, something to do, and we're so flustered and frustrated about resources, who are we going to connect to, who we need to get in the room with, that we forget the greatest thing you need is called agreement. Houses, families, children, spouses, marriages can do wonders, companies can do wonders if they would establish something called agreement. Meaning when two two or more people come on the same page. We think that we will get a lot done because we have more money. There are people with plenty of money still ain't getting things done. There are companies uh, with big money, spending big money, and still going belly up and, and finding themselves having to file for bankruptcy. Because if you find yourself with internal turmoil and you don't find yourself with agreement, I don't care how much skill you have, I don't care how much t- how people on your team you have, I don't care what kind of degrees they have or skill set they have, until there's an environment of agreement, whatever vision you have, Thankfully come to pass Jesus says as we getting ready to launch out in this big assignment Let me set the foundation for achieving great things tell your neighbor get some agreement I'm telling you, uh, uh, marriages, you and your wife could both be broke right now. But if y'all look at each other and say, baby, we can do this, it's nothing can stop you from getting what God wants you to have. Come on, somebody. I don't care if you're starting a company from scratch. The Bible says despise not small beginnings. Because if you ever get focused and come into agreement that this is what God called me to do, even if you walk away from your job, and walk away from a job that you felt secured you and what you feel God in yourself and come to agreement first with yourself. Can I say that? Cuz many times we look for other people to come do something we got to start ourselves. And people can pump and prime us and tell us we great and tell us we got skill and tell us that we got ingenuity and all oh, you gifted. But until you wake up and believe that you can do it yourself. You Ain't gonna move out nothing. Everybody else telling you how great you are, but when are you gonna come in agreement with yourself and the assignment of God? And after coming in agreement with yourself, you can do anything with anybody else you connect with. Can I tell you that many times the greatest challenges in our lives is that we're really not in agreement with ourselves? Because the truth of the matter, matter the truth of the matter is, if I'm in agreement with myself and God, if you're not in agree with me, you can't stop me you know why because I already know what God said and what God called me to do and if you don't want to connect with me I'm not gonna fuss all day I'm gonna love you and keep it moving Jesus teaches this principle of agreement he even teaches when he sends out his disciples two by two he says when you're doing great things walk in agreement if you go to a city and preach the gospel and they don't receive you he basically says don't Don't sit there and get depressed. Don't sit there and feel like you've been rejected. Don't sit there and say we preached, we prayed for them and they didn't want to hear the gospel. Jesus says, kick the dust off of you and keep on going. Some of y'all are still hurt about who didn't like your vision and who didn't like your assignment. And you still in misery? You have been having a pity party? And what you need to do today is Get agreement with yourself, and kick the dust off of you, and move on to somebody else who wants you. Tell somebody, say, get some agreement. If you don't get some agreement, you could be fighting all day just to get the bond of unity. Say, get some agreement. Uh, get some agreement. He teaches the basics of doing great things is to get some agreement. I know one of the things that made Pastor Robin begin to walk in as God begins to pa- prepare us for pastorship was what I call supernatural agreement. First of all, we talked and agreed that we loved each other. We talked and agreed that we were for each other. Cause you can't get nothing done unless you start agreeing on some basic terms. We agreed that we were for each other. We agreed that this was God's assignment for our life for us to start a church. And then after we came into agreement with each other, then God jumped in and came in agreement with us. See, many times we're waiting for the power of God to attract itself to us. But as long as you got confusion in the midst of it. God can't really put his hand on it. God can't really put his blessing on it. But soon as we start fussing and arguing and fighting against our own help, fighting against our own strength, fighting against God, who God has put in our lives, then God will get involved and start working out the things you can't do. I'm telling y'all, men, Pastor Robin start walking in supernatural agreement. We start calling the same people on the same day i called to her later and say yeah, I called brother so-and-so today. He was on my heart. She said, oh, I called him, too <laughs> I called him, too. And the next thing you know, I, she said, oh, I want, I've been thinking about such-and-such. And such and so. I said, me, too. The next thing you know, we didn't spend any time I feel the Holy Ghost. See, many people are spending time fussing and arguing and you ain't got no fruit to show forth nothing. You ain't got no fruit to show forth your connectivity. You ain't got no, sh- but I want to know if you got real agreement, you will start are producing some fruit. If you got real agreement you will start producing something. Tell somebody you got to get agreement. Amen. The Bible declares "What well, two or three are gathered in his midst. Uh, on touching anything he will be in the midst. The Bible says that one can chase a thousand but two can chase ten thousand. It teaches us the power of agreement. Jesus says I don't need everybody to do big things. I just need people who understand the power of of agreement agreement is a basic thing as he goes forth he sends these uh, disciples into the village and he says look when you get there you're gonna find a colt and an ass tied together loose them and bring them unto me one of the foundations of Christian ministry is that we have been changed if we ever lose the aspect of that we have been changed Everything we do for God doesn't mean anything. The Bible says if the salt has lost its savor, it is good for nothing meaning if the salt can't preserve what good is it if the salt can't do what is designed to do what good is it I'm telling you this whole thing of getting this coat and ass that's tied up and he says loose them and bring them to me that is the ministry of salvation and deliverance the basic aspects of what we do for God is about encouraging people and helping people change their lives if we gather and nobody changed we have missed it If we praise God and nobody gets better we've missed it the basics of all gathering of anything with Christ's name on it is that he is after somebody to set somebody free he is after somebody to bring them into purpose to bring them out of darkness how many remember that old testimony that said I thank God for bringing me out of darkness into the marvelous love Right. Look where uh-huh. he brought me from, and any time we lose. Testimonies in the pews. Anytime we lose testimonies, we've lost our power. Anytime the saints no longer says God has brought me through, God has brought me out, we've lost our power. Anytime we say we miss that God is going to change us and transform us, we've lost the essence in which Christ has come. Christ has come to loose us and set us free. It's an act of mercy. It's how he showed his love towards us. The scripture of this verse also shows, shows us that God has chose us. Sometimes we think we get so focused on the fact on the day we chose Christ that we miss that he chose us. He chose us from the foundation of the world. If you don't understand that, that means, you gotta understand it like this. If he never chose you, you could have never chose him. That's right. He had to choose you first. And the way I know he chose you is he kept you through your mess. He let you get through what you couldn't get through by yourself. He let you overcome the hardest times of your life so that one day you can choose him. Matter of fact, by the time I got saved and gave my life to Jesus, I already had about 15 testimonies. Because he had kept me up until that point. He had kept me up until the point that I gave my life to Christ. I maybe wasn't testifying when I was in sin but when I came to the light, I began to thank him how he kept me long time ago. See, the truth of the matter is he chose you way before you chose him. Tell somebody I'm here today because I was chosen from the foundation of the world. It's an act. Of sovereignty and an act of mercy that He has picked you. I don't want you to think that your life is half hazard. Uh, I don't want you to think that your life is half hazard. He has picked you. He says something to Jeremiah that helps us understand purpose. He says to Jeremiah, "Be not afraid of their faces." He says, "Before you was formed in your mother's belly." I knew thee. Yeah, what he means by this is there is a womb before the mother's womb. Yeah, There's a womb before the mother's womb and it's called the spirit or the heavens. The heavens is the first womb. It's the first womb where you was conceived in the heart and the mind of God. And the only way you got to your mama's belly is you was first in the first womb. The first womb is when God said there will be a Joe Davis. He will marry Robin Davis. He will have two beautiful children. He will pastor a church start on Petty Drive and then move to 1317 High Road and then branch out over there to 1599 Spring Hollow Road in Monticello Florida see it wasn't It wasn't it happened first in the heavens and then it was carried down in the earth and I'm trying to tell you your life is already written up in the heavens and y'all some of y'all trying to find your life down in the earth the way you find your life is get in the spirit somebody if you want to know what's next I feel the Holy Ghost if you want to know what's next for you get in the spirit if you want to want to know what's next for your life, get in the spirit See you can't get in the earth and in the flesh And try to find out what's been in the first womb If you want to know what's in the first womb You got to get in the spirit Tell somebody, get in the spirit Because that's where he has already justified you That's where he has already redeemed you See, many times the enemy will try to get you frustrated about what you deal with on the earth. Uh But if you ever get a glimpse on what God already said about what you're dealing with on the earth, it changes your whole perspective. So many times while I was going through and I got a glimpse through prayer, through worship, of what God was going to do, I got out of that, got up out of prayer and told the devil, what you're doing right now don't even mean nothing. Because in a few days, God gonna turn it around and I'm gonna be all right, see? But until you get in the spirit, you don't know what tomorrow looks like. Until you get in the spirit, you don't know what uh, uh, two weeks from now uh, looks like. Come on, somebody. But once you get in the spirit, you start tapping into the first womb, which is the womb of the spirit. See, the ministry of deliverance reminds us that we were already chosen by God. I dare you to say, God wanted me here. Uh, That's powerful. He wanted you in the earth and the enemy would love to torment you about your destiny and about who you are, but said again, God wanted me here. And God, Jesus, chooses these two, uh, this coat in the ass and he says, come, I'm setting you apart. I'm going to loose you. You've been stuck and you've been tied up, but I'm going to loose you. Hi, you've been strung out on drugs, but I'm about to loose you. You've been caught up in alcoholism, all types of foolishness, but I'm gonna loose you. I'm gonna get you out of what you've been in I'm gonna get you out of being stuck how many know that you can't even loose yourself how many know that you can't get free from what you are trying to get free of all by yourself you participate but God has to jump in and help you with that stuff how many know if it had not been for God I will still be in it if it had not been for God it would have swallowed me up but when I, the devil thought I was stuck God sent somebody to loose me God told them my time my time is up being down, my time is up being stuck, my time is up being in bondage, and he sent out a word of deliverance. Day to stand feet, I'm here today, I'm here today, because God sent for me. He sent for me. you you may be seated. He sent for me. Now, yeah, we can't miss this great act of love towards us. And that's the reason why we hold our head up so high it's because he wanted me here and he wanted me and I'm here today because of it. he sends forth these uh, two coats and he said bring them to me and here the key word here in um, verse 3 he says and if any man say anything about what you're doing verse 3 ye shall say the Lord have need of them and straightway He will send them. This is where we get into challenges when people confront our purpose. When we find out that everybody don't like us, when we find out we got some naysayers and some haters and some people who are jealous of our purpose and jealous of our gifts, because you know people do get jealous. And uh, (laughs) the Lord says, this is how you respond. He says the way you deal with somebody who's trying to reject you is you remind them of purpose. He says, tell them the Lord have need of me. Many times when we go through human uh, deflections and human uh, issues with people, we spend so much time dealing with what they said and how they said it and what they tried to do to us. We spend so much time in the bottom of our emotions crying about what, how they did what they did and I know those things hurt. But if you're going to get loose from people's words, you got to rise up and say the Lord has needed me the reason I'm going through this coming out of this is because purpose is bubbling in me and God has a reason for my existence and you may not like me you may not even see that I'm worth it but he decided that I was worth it and he has a need of you I want to remind you in this season that God's not overlooking you I want you to know that God is raising up people delivering people setting people free bringing people out of all types of things and I want you to know that you are on the mind of God and God has a need of you God's trying to use your gift God's trying to use your skill God's trying to use your stamina some of y'all so got so much strength that devil have tried to knock you out since you was born and you are still here today I got a new gift for you we know about the gift of singing we know about the gift of dance but how about the gift of outlasting the devil? How about the gift of stamina? How about the gift of being here after everything has went crazy? I tell you, I got a gift. It's called endurance. <laughs> oh, I got a gift. And God is pulling people forward because he has a need. He God got a need for me. Yeah, you got need for me. I believe there are people who feel forsaken, feel like they're not important, feel like they are not up to certain qualities or don't have certain skill sets. But I want you to know God has need for you. Ah, God has need for you. When God made you, he knew what he would need in the earth just for, just for you, why he needed you. And God didn't make a mistake making you. God didn't make no mistake. No, no. Stop reading all these magazines where people present their lives as perfect start reading all these magazines and looking at all these pictures where people have to spend a couple of thousands of dollars and all these surgeries to make themselves look perfect and then so unfortunately after that they still not happy come on they make their lips bigger and they kept working on them three or four times and not look like something else y'all know what I'm talking about when the enemy will torment you so much about how you look and how you walk and how you dress and how You smile and he accuse you always telling you ain't good enough. And if you ain't careful, you will start sucking in to what the devil is telling you, but you got to learn to stand on your feet and say the Lord got need of me just the way I am with a crooked walk with one toe bigger than the other, with one hand bigger than the other. God has need for me. And just the way I ain't saying nothing, your toes ain't straight either. God got need for me. (laughs) Ha 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 saying nothing there are people that the enemy will torment them they are afraid to look in the mirror they we won't listen to their selves. they can't stand their own uniqueness and until you can stand yourself you can't have your blessing until you can stand your just your own purpose you can't have your assignment sooner or later you got to start falling in love with the person God made you you got to start falling in love with who God called you to be he ain't calling nobody else he calling you he ain't calling your brother he calling you and you got to say he calling me just the way i am tell somebody got need of me he want to use this whole me he want to use this whole mind of my i ain't saying nothing because the devil been running some of y'all away from your purpose he said tell them any naysayers tell them you got a purpose Stop trying to respond to your naysayers in your flesh. There's no power telling people that you're from the Smith family. There's no real power telling people you're from the Williams family. You mess around, you're gonna end up in jail somewhere getting in your flesh. Trying to always respond to people in your flesh. You can't fight physically fist fight through every circumstance. You can't be angry and think that's how you're going to handle all your problems and situations. Sooner or later, you're going to have to settle in and follow purpose. You can't be fussing with people all day. You can't be arguing all your life. I feel like I'm talking to somebody all you do is argue about you who you are and what you're called to do and you spend it in wasting time and, and you end up in your flesh and you know what? You end up exhausted. You're so exhausted you can't do the will of God. You're so exhausted you don't want to do what God called you to do. You're so exhausted you don't want to try again because you end up talking about the wrong things. But when you start learning to talk about purpose, I dare you to say, God made me this way. Right. Ha, glory to God. I used to always want to be in the background. Um, but while I was in the background, I would scrutinize everybody in the front. And as much as I said I was comfortable being in the background, the truth of the matter is, I really wanted to leave. Know how I really wanted to lead? Because when I saw them not doing it right, I wanted them to move out of the way. But I just wanted to be in the background. The truth of the matter, I was just being comfortable. I was just taking it easy. You know, I just want to be in the background. And I don't believe that it, I, I'm trying not to say that everybody is called to the forefront. Because everybody is not. People are needed in the background. But some of you are just making excuses for the lack of development. The truth of the matter, you're called to the front. You want, you you really want to be in the front. And many times, you only rise to the front when somebody done messed up awfully. They done wrecked the program. They done messed up the assignment. They done did it wrong for three years in a row. And finally, you tired of seeing it fail. You say, I'm about to rise back to the front because I know what to do and it's time for me to stop acting like I don't know what to do. Some of y'all done put on an act so long, you're starting to convince yourself You don't really have the capacity and the skill to be out in the front. But the truth of the matter, you got what it takes. You got what it takes to make it happen. And I'm telling you, I feel somebody I'm pulling on in here. You got what it takes to pull it to the next level. And let me tell you something, if you're in an environment and you have watched it fail over and over again and it hadn't changed yet, guess what? You may be the answer. You may be the solution. And maybe the other people supposed to be the support group but when you gonna learn to rise up y'all ain't saying nothing I dare to say the Lord have need of me (laughs) I gotta get out of this verse 4 and all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet saying tell ye the daughter of Zion behold the king cometh unto thee meek and sitting upon an ass and a colt the foal of an ass I want you to understand this means prophecy is in motion you are a part of prophecy one thing that we must go back to the basics of of knowing that it is God's will I grew up during a time where the saints would say, if it's the Lord's will, I asked my grandmother I said grandma I'm getting ready to graduate in April from high school and I want to invite you to come to my graduation it was probably like February and grandma said oh when is it son I said grandma it's in April I'll be graduating from high school and she said oh baby I don't know if grandma's gonna make it I said what's the matter grandma she said well the Lord may return I said well grandma the Lord turn. I hope to be with him too. Amen. Hallelujah. All she was trying to say is, hey, you got to get it for yourself. I don't know. I hope you got it, grandson, but if he come, I'm gone. That's the first thing she was saying. I said, oh, grandma, I believe you. You'll be all right. You know, you know you're know. looking fine. I think you'll be okay. And then she kind of laughed. She said, you something else, grandson. And she said, all right, if it's the Lord's will. I'm like, what if it's the Lord's will? It is the Lord's will, grandma, but what she learned to walk in with God day by day. What she was trying to say is I'm not going to be anxious for nothing. If it's the Lord's will, it happen. If it's the Lord's will, if it's already written, if it's already prophecy, some of y'all need to adopt that basic thing in your life and stop worrying about everything. When things start happening, just say if it's the Lord's will. you got to learn to have peace while you're going through the storm. If it's the Lord's will, he'll do it. If it's the Lord's will things will turn for the better. If it's the Lord's will we'll be alright. You gotta stop worrying about everything and tell somebody if it's the Lord's will. It means if it's already prophecy all this was done uh, uh, Jesus going to Beth page the two cult, the two disciples going to get uh, the coat and the ass all of that was done because of prophecy I want you to tell you right now I don't know where you've been yesterday but today you in the right place at the right time I don't know what the devil tried to do to get you off course but today you in the right place at the right time guess what sitting right to the sitting next to the person that God knew you were sitting next to I want you to tell somebody I ain't in no mistake today, I'm in the right place. See, you need to celebrate that because two years ago, some of y'all was with the wrong people, doing the wrong things, acting the wrong way, but tell somebody, today, I'm aligned with prophecy. I had to fight through it, I had to cry through it, but I'm in the right place at the right time, doing the right things, y'all ain't saying nothing. Tell somebody that's prophecy. (laughs) Prophecy also says that some things can't happen until it's time. We got to go back to the basics. Just knowing certain things can't happen until it's time. This modern day Christian church think they can read more scriptures and God will do it faster. Certain things can't happen until it's time. Some things you just gotta say, wait on it. I believe we got to go back to the basics of learning just how to wait on God. Learn learn how to walk through the journeys and the valleys of shadows of death and wait on God. I don't care how fancy your praise get. I don't care how many times you cross your legs and spin around five times. Do that, but after you do that, you're gonna have to still wait on God. I don't care how many times you do all this fancy stuff we try to do. You cannot skip a God-ordained process. Some things can't happen until it's time. That's why the Bible says, wait on the Lord and be of good courage. And he shall what? Strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. We gotta learn how to wait. And the disciples went, verse six, and did as Jesus commanded. And brought the ass and the cold and put on them their clothes and they sat thereon. Here's my point there's nothing like raw obedience. Obedience is a major assignment for our lives. The Bible tells us that He would rather us obey than give sacrifices. Obedience is better than sacrifices, and rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. So some things God just wants you to learn how to obey him. Amen. Don't get fancy. Don't give a whole bunch of excuses There's nothing like raw obedience. There's nothing like saying yes, Lord and following instructions That's what I want to know. Can you follow instructions? Well, well pastor Joe I can do three cartwheels. That's great. But can you walk a straight line? That's what I need to done today. Well, well, I can do a somersault. Well, that's great. I'm glad for your skills I want to show you show me but can you follow follow instructions come on can you obey can you follow instructions come on can you get the basic things done and sometimes we think we're going to get success with God with being fancy but not being obedient Yeah. can you be obedient there's a major assignment can you just simply obey can you simply obey? Don't get fancy and try to do nothing creative. And don't definitely don't start walking in rebellion and stubbornness. Yeah. Now I want to say this while I'm going to obedience and moving from obedience. I want to say that we have made stubbornness just like a genetic trait that we got from our uncle and my grandmother, them, and and all of us stubborn. Let me tell you something. You better let go some of that stuff. The Bible says stubbornness and rebellion is like witchcraft. We have made stubbornness like a generational inheritance or something. Like it's in the bank and you're going to be able to use stubbornness and get some places. That stubbornness ain't going to work for you. Being hard headed ain't going to work for you. That ain't going to get you into the blessings of God. We got people around here claiming stubbornness like it's a blessing. man, I mean, I got that Davis trait, man. All the way back to my granddaddy. It was all stubborn. That ain't nothing to be celebrating, you about to get that thing out your spirit, you about to get that stubbornness out of you, and we've made stubbornness seem like it's a light thing, stubbornness is a big thing that means no matter what God tell you, you still ain't going to do it that don't mean if God sent lightning through the sky, you still ain't going to do it it don't matter if God saved your life five times, six times, from the wrong places, from the wrong people, you still going to do it, you ain't got time to be no stubborn person I ain't got time. To we think stubbornness is cute. We got a nerve to be telling people, well, I am a little stubborn. You half crazy. Keep quoting that you stubborn. What's wrong with you? Half crazy. You about to lose your life over being stubborn. We just we just mention that like it ain't nothing. You know I am a little stubborn. Well, you go ahead and be stubborn. You're going to miss your blessings. You're going to miss your favor. You're going to miss what God has for you. Stop claiming all that crazy stuff. We think that stuff cute. I'm just a little stubborn. My dad is stubborn. My mom stubborn. Yeah, my auntie real stubborn. Come on, somebody. Let me get out of here. Obedience is a major thing, not a minor thing. God just want to know, can you obey? So when God say do something, don't tell God you can do a cartwheel. God want to know, can you walk a straight line? Can you obey? Verse 8, in a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitude that went before and followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. One thing I want you to understand is while planning is primary and important, nothing replaces spontaneity. Marriages, families, environments thrive not only from planning, but a little bit of spontaneity. You want to change your uh, uh, environment, have a little spontaneity. Yeah. Have a little creativity in the moment. I want you to understand that they all of a sudden recognized that Jesus was coming down the road. They didn't know he was going to plan in a loose, a coat and ride in on a donkey. They didn't know many of us are missing the greatest miracles of our lives. we're waiting on everything to knock on our door and say it's coming next week and some of us miss the moves of god because we don't know how to move in spontaneity they didn't know jesus was coming down the road the next thing you know they hear a big parade coming down the road here come Jesus, they have put all the, the cloaks on the donkeys and the ass, and they're coming down the road. Next thing they figure out, now what do we do to get into inside this praise? Some of them get in front of Jesus as he's coming, some of them get in the back of Jesus. And the next thing you know, they begin to take off their garments and spread them along the path where Jesus was coming. Others went to cut down branches. They went to cut in the moment, in is coming, David this is what i want to say you're gonna to have to learn to get in the moment if you're going to find god in this season you're gonna to have to learn to catch him while he's moving you're going to learn how to catch him while he's flowing down your road you're gonna to have to learn to say oh i hear god coming my way and you're gonna to have to learn to drop everything that you were planning and move where where god is going here are people in the midst of their day and here come jesus coming down the road and they say oh my god here comes a celebration they go and come down branches begin to wave them in the way and begin to celebrate Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Add a little spontaneity to your life. Stop being afraid of spontaneity, stop being afraid of a little creativity. Stop being afraid to go in some of these great moments that God has given you, because these are the moment of the miracle. It's the moment of spontaneity. Come on, the moment, the moment, and then, you know, that's what happens many times in the church service. Just like even today, Minister Emmerin planned to sing that song. That song came out of creativity and spontaneity. Come on, she didn't plan for that to go that way. They didn't practice that. They didn't rehearse that. Come on, that came out of the moment. And there are some things that God's trying to get to you, but it happens in the moment. And sometimes what happens is you just miss the moment. Yeah. Know why? Because you was waiting it to come the way you wanted it. Right. It ain't coming the way you want it all the time. Some of us have missed our blessings because we're waiting for it a, some, a certain way. Certain way, you know, somebody come by. You sitting on a bus stop and somebody come by in a truck and say, hey, you need a ride? No, I'm waiting for the bus. (laughs) Okay, well, I done passed here three times and I did my errands and I said, "Here, I'm waiting on the bus. Somebody come by in a car and say, hey, I see you okay, need a ride? No, I'm waiting for the bus. Some of us have missed the bus. It came before we got there, but God done (laughs) sent other people by and (laughs) sometimes You better to learn to recognize when your blessing has come. You better to learn to recognize when God's favor has come. You better to learn to recognize and learn how to move in these God moments that God has for you and break the spirit of hesitation. Some of y'all got the spirit of hesitation on you all the time, you got your foot on the brake, you never can accelerate, you can't catch no momentum, you just ride. You ever rode behind somebody who ride the brakes? My God, you 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 can't even adjust your speed. You can't even relax riding behind somebody who just riding the brakes. They just ride, it ain't nothing in front of them, they just riding the brakes. Move on out the way. I got somewhere to go. Move on out the way. Just, just, move on out the way. Some of y'all live with so much hesitation. People don't want to live with you and go nowhere with you. Every time, can we go out to eat? Well, I don't know. Can we I don't come on? Can we do something today? Can we go sit at the park? Come on, you're going to miss life. You're going to miss life. You're going to miss the moments of God. You're going to miss the beautiful things that God has for you because you don't know how to get in the moment. And God wants some of y'all to know how to get in the moment. Your miracles are in the moment. The next breakthrough are in the moment. Come on, y'all. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I've been sometimes where God said, go over there. I ain't had no plans to go over there, but all of a sudden, how many have a little, still, small voice sometimes telling you to do stuff you ain't never planned to do? That's, you better not miss those moments. <laughs> when God gives you little nudges, do this, do that. You're like, I ain't, you know I, don't know. I don't know about that. I always get a story. It's a major part of my life, major part of my Christian faith. I was struggling as a college student. Struggling. I mean struggling. Struggling. Money was tight. And I had about $100. And I, the Lord told me, go home for the weekend. I'm like, huh? I'm in, I'm in Tallahassee. He said, go home from Miami for the weekend. I got $100 Greyhound cost like $50, 75 bus ticket. I'm like, um, I, I didn't just hear God, I just heard my crazy self. I'm gonna hold on to these $100 because I need some more to add what it is to pay some rent. hmm i saying, go home. Go home for the weekend. And I said, okay. So I got that bus ticket and I went home for the weekend. I got home on the weekend. The church I was a part of was having a convention. I was there Friday, Saturday, and I said, God, I came home. Went to my grandma's house. She didn't give me nothing. <laughs> Cause I just get, I was there on faith. You know when you're there on faith, you just what a blessing there. Hallelujah. Oh. What a blessing there. Right. <laughs> you know, y'all ain't never been on no faith hunt. You get on the faith. Hallelujah. <laughs> you're trusting God for everything. That mm. Went to Grandma's house. Grandma talked about everything and I was waiting for Grandma to say, go in there and flip over one of them books. Y'all know I had one of them grandmas. Go in there and flip over one of them books on that second shelf. And you're like, Grandma, I don't see nothing. Second shelf, boy, second shelf. (laughs) Open that book, that red book. Just open it to page two you can have what's in there. Y'all know about that. My grandma had so much money over the house, y'all know nothing, remember? My grandma had so much money over the house, it was, it was something there. I think she hid it from her own self. Grandma didn't give me no money. Mom and dad didn't give me no money. I'm sitting there, well Lord, you told me to come home. And uh, I spent the money, I got about $25 left. Cause you know when you ain't hardly got no money, you, you, you can find out you ain't all that hungry. Right. Oh, Y'all y- 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 know what I'm talking about. You, when you ain't hardly got no money, and yeah, you got to let that money last. Oh, y'all ain't never had no hard times. Y'all don't know nothing. You, all of a sudden, you ain't really all that hungry. You smell food, seafood, people eating good food. and All of a sudden, you just fine. You holding that money? I'm fine. <laughs> I'm holding that twenty five dollars. I didn't get spend. 100, I had a hundred, spent seventy five on a bus ticket. I was like, hmm. I'm trusting God. At least I'm gonna end up with twenty five left. You know. I'm there Sunday service, had church, and then Sunday night service. I'm leaving on Monday. Played drums, a young college student after church, and I'm sitting there like, nobody gave me nothing. <laughs> so I said to myself, well, at least I tried to obey what I felt. Yeah. So I tried to give myself a moral victory. You know? <laughs> I, I did it, Lord. I took 75 of a hundred and I came in because I felt you telling me to do something crazy. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> now you better work that thing. God, when I get back to house well, I'm gonna get kicked out of that apartment. Mm-hmm. So I decided, you know, church wasn't over, but I got up off the drum set and I went outside. You know, I don't know if y'all came from them churches, I'm about through. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you come from them churches where the musicians go outside, and they'd be fellowshipping. I was one of the musicians. And so I went outside. And you knew when to come in, when the preacher started raising his voice, uh, and God will be like, hey man, come on. <laughs> so I was just chilling outside. And uh, was we was listening and talking to everybody. You know, church wasn't over. Y'all, you know, we don't, thank God we don't have one of them. We don't have one of them churches, do we? Well, you got about thirty people outside before the benediction. Hallelujah, glory to God. Hey, Hallelujah. I'm just scanning the audience and see who's missing. That's all. Hallelujah, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Y'all tickle me today. Y'all something else. And some say, "Listen, God, listen, listen." That'll make me get off my start. Went down this rabbit trail. Hi, come on in. Come on in. Just come on. Just come on in. Come on. Just come on in. Just come on. In. Come on in. Just come on in. Come on. Come on in. It's all right. I see you Come on in. Hallelujah. Come on in. Hey, listen. Hey. Come on in, just come on in, come on in. And so, uh, <laughs> y'all on me so bad. And listen, listen. And so, um, I decided like, like many people just did, I decided to come on back on in. And when I came back on in, everybody started clapping. They said walk in through the front. Through the front? They just walk in. I walked in through the front, stood at the back of the door and they started clapping their hands. I came up to the front, and they presented me with a couple hundred dollars. Now y'all know I told it, flow up, y'all know I told it, flow up, y'all know. Y'all know I gave God a praise. I know you. See, when you've been stretched in your faith, and God has told you to do something crazy, and it don't seem like it's gonna work out, and you're wondering, well, y'all ain't ever been there when your back is in against the wall, and God done told you something crazy, like walk off your job, start a new business, and you look up five years later, and you a millionaire. Ain't nobody can do you like. Do ya? Tell somebody, go ahead and obey God. If you ever been there, give Him a radical praise right there. If God ever turned something crazy around for you, it didn't look like you were going to come out of it. But God made a way out of no way. Tell somebody, obey God. Clap your hands and praise Him right there. Stand in your feet and tell Him, obey God. There's a miracle in your spontaneity. There's a miracle in obeying God. There's a miracle in this. There's a miracle if you learn to obey Him. If you learn a hair shot, and I'm telling you, some of y'all about to get instructions over the next couple of weeks. It's going to sound crazy, but there's a miracle in it. It's going to sound weird, but there's a blessing in it. To encourage your neighbor tell them just obey God. Now go ahead and give him one more clap of praise. We hope you've been blessed by this fresh word from Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. Pastor Joseph Davis and the congregation invite you to join them. You can find more information by following them on social media. Just look up Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. And we pray that God will bless you richly and abundantly in the coming days, knowing that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him.